Welcome to Earth School, a weekly podcast about weaving the healing journey artfully into life. Hosted by Bibi Dalman and Rosalie McNally. Welcome back everybody to this week's episode of Earth School. Um, yeah, so we're going to sort of, nah, we're going to start again. <laughs> <clears throat> I like the energy though. <laughs> Welcome everybody back to this week's episode of Earth School. Um, we're going to go in a little bit of a maybe different direction in today's episode and maybe even over the coming next few ones. Um, as you know from listening to us, we like to sort of ebb and flow with the change, the energy, rather than keeping ourselves stuck to any track too tightly. Um, I think that's the beauty of this podcast, possibly. Um, so... For some of you will know what we do and some of you don't know what we do. Um, so for me, as an energy healer through the means of shamanism and Reiki, we're going to be sort of discussing about some of the things that, in a sense, that I'm quite passionate about and really it's about what healing is possibly, how we can redefine it. And that's for those who are on sort of, in a sense, to use the word receive and end and those who hold the spaces for other people. Like, But it's also to really go into... For me, it's just so important for people to understand how energy works like that way and their place within that there and the empowerment of it really like, but it's areas that I'd often chat about maybe in class, but it's something that I'm really passionate about, like, is that really putting the power back into people's hands really is what it's about for me at the end of the day. Um, So I am holding the space with my dear friend, Bibi, as always. Welcome, Bibi. Hi, Rosalind. So I don't know where we're going to start with this here, like, but for me, <laughs> as we were chatting beforehand and I shared with Bibi over the last few weeks, I've noticed sort of a pattern of people coming into sort of sessions and all, and it's been beautiful. But what I've noticed is that they're coming and thinking that I am doing something to them. Mm-hmm. Do you know, like, and for me, that's, that's just where my heart breaks almost and where a part of me wants to pull my hair out also, like, because I, I, I teach people how to you know practice Reiki as a spiritual practice and from that comes the beauty of that 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 eventually I will be able to maybe share that with other people but it's the idea that people sometimes will then know like and it's through that we're we're, as a whole as a world we're not educated on what healing is either like Mm. but I also feel it's responsibility of practitioners to inform people of what it is also like but for me like I am not doing anything to people like do you know, like they're going, oh, you can you make me, you know, can you make me feel this? Or there's something I know going on in my body and I'm a little bit scared of it, but I'm afraid you're going to make it happen. You're going to pull it out of me. Do you know, like, or they think that you're going to put something else inside of them, whatever it might be. Like, and it's the language and they have, like, and sometimes it's through certain places where they've read stuff. And I say people do, I look at when I do shamanism, I tell people, if you've never experienced a shamanic healing, do not go near Google. Do you know, like, do not Google it because I can already guarantee you I know what direction you're going to go down that road in and it's not going to be beneficial for you and it's definitely not going to be beneficial for me because I'll have to re-educate you in the middle of the session. Like, So to me, it's like you can find beautiful information, but we'll always ebb towards the mad and crazy in a sense if we're Googling it. Mm. So I'd love to sort of hear from you, Bibi, as well. Like, do you know, like just sort of that healing space what it means for you even from your practices possibly but even in terms of reiki and all as well like but that holding of space and healing you know i probably uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm i've been teaching yoga um yes the physical movement but never really the physical movement so like you the to me when we move in a way it's always about how am i embodying my energies and in a way for so many years I haven't necessarily used the word healing so much the language I would have used was always around aligning um and that can be mis you know interpreted in so many ways you know like aligning to what you know aligning to external circumstances no it's like aligning to even your physical alignment it's like no you've got to you know move so it it works for your body you know, and everyone's body is differently. And to me, the physicality in that way, then it's just analogy to me, healing is coming back into ourselves. So words that I would have used over years is like 
dharma what's our purpose what's our you know our soul essence who are we really and to me healing is like returning back or remembering more and more parts of of, of who we mm-hmm. are so that's a pretty broad sort of statement so how to go about it um it can be really individual for everyone i think that's also where there are so many healing modalities out there you know and i always kind of cringe a little bit when when they're being compared mm. you know what's more effective at what because over the years what i've noticed as well something that i pushed away at some point i really pull in at another point and then again i might not resonate with it again at a later point so you know i think healing in that way is is highly individual it is um has so many different unique approaches to it but for me overall it always means coming back into myself and so oh when when i when i when i think then my my job as a yoga teacher really then when i'm let's take yoga for example is is organizing a space a room an environment a um and an intention and energy that facilitates for that to happen for people and and that's pretty pretty much it you know but what can happen is that both you know as teachers we can fall into the trap that we think we do something to people mm-hmm. and as students you can feel into the trap of thinking you can't get there without the teacher so the way I've experienced healing is usually because, or I feel like I'm drawn to healing, whether that's like a massage body work or whether that is through tarot or through, you know, Reiki or, you know, mm-hmm. any of the avenues is because I feel somewhere stuck. And for me, stuckness is always a sense of something is in the way of how things flow through me or want to flow through me. And you know, the longer you're in it, a lot of the times you kind of go, oh, I kind of have a good idea what that is, <laughs> you know, but sometimes you just don't even know where to go and about. So for me, that's where healing comes in, where I would go and see someone to have an external perspective on me and maybe even sometimes sometimes as simple as like being able to hold a space for me. Because we, I think we've all had times where when our nervous system is very amped up, it's really difficult to just sit down for 10 minutes. You know, it's it, it's really difficult to, you know, have a have a Reiki self practice or to lie down in Shavasana for ten minutes after you practice for thirty minutes. You know, but if you go to a class, you're less likely to get up middle of the class and leave to avoid Shavasana. So, first, as a teacher, we can hold a space in that way that's it's as practical as someone is showing up, you know, and they're not leaving in that time. And most of it, if 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 the practitioner is well grounded that intention alone for me personally shifts so much mm. it's it just on, on that practical level yeah 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 and that i was mentoring somebody recently like who's teaching like and um they just a lot of things just didn't add up for them in their own head and they're going, I like how you see it. And I'm wondering, like, if I sit with you in this space and, you know, ask questions and sort of hear your perspective. And I, like, and my perspective is not the perspective. It's mm-hmm. a perspective. Like, do you know, like, I'm from my own personal experience and my own personal journey. They're like, I'm hoping I'd, I may be able to connect dots differently for myself. Like, you do you know, like, and a lot of it was like th- the main concerns were that, well, like, you know, I've seen people in classes or I've seen friends who've had big cathartic experiences during this or you know and I'm afraid that will happen mm. or like you know like I've seen other spaces where the teacher's ego and their power was there and they wouldn't share information because it was all secret and all this kind of stuff like mm. and um, I was just like for me the starting point of when I'm teaching and when I'm holding space and sharing a raise you and or an achievement or initiation not giving but sharing that way like is the intention mm. and she's like our, our intention is that everything comes up to be cleared and I'm like my intention is for the person to receive what they need mm. always that's literally it do you know because that's handing over that power to the person's own spirit to go I they know what they need that way like versus I think you need to release xyz I think you need all of this here like 
So for me, the intention is such a powerful starting place like us. And what is my intention even in my practice, my self-practice or when I'm sharing with other people? Is it, you know, and is my intention I'm sharing about other people about me versus about them? Mm. Do you know, like for them to receive what they need or what I say to a lot of students is it go for us both to receive what we need in that mm. space because we're both receiving at the end of the day in that space as well. Like, especially with Reiki and all, like, and even in shamanism, in a sense, when I say we're receiving, you get to witness healing, like, and there's a receiving in that because you get to witness somebody, you know, step into their own self-revelation, like, oh, do you know, like, and it's a direct revelation, like, with Reiki and shamanism, as far as I'm concerned, like, Reiki is guiding you back to your true self, so when people go to me, what does Ricky do? I go, it's giving you the opportunity to meet that part of yourself mm-hmm. if you allow it, like, you know, and, and not mentally or you have to do anything but us and you don't go looking for anything else during it. Like you have this beautiful opportunity to meet the part of you that is always in a sense still, that is the pure light, that is peacefulness at its core. Do you know, like, and you can still feel all the other stuff moving and that's okay. And there can still be emotions coming up and that's okay. But there can be a taste of that true nature in it, like, and the same with shamism. It's a direct revelation, like, so it's the person's experience and their felt experience of it that holds the power versus my experience of it, like. And I do understand that we'll often, when we don't know what it is or when we're stuck in life, we'll look to somebody else and go, like, what was it? Can you tell me what it was? But through all my years and working with this, the person already knows. Mm-hmm. They just need that gentle opening or the reflecting back to them of I'm really curious first of what your experience was, mm-hmm. what you felt, how do you feel in this moment? What would it be like to carry that forward? What would it be like for that to inform your day today now moving forward? Like, And I think there's power in that there as well. Like, you know, we might go, I know from teaching Reggie so much, we'll go, oh, I just feel peaceful, like. And I'm like, well, how often do you feel that peaceful in life? You know, like, and lots of people go, never. I go, well, it's not just peaceful. Like, that's, there's power in that. There's healing in that. Like, mm. yeah, I think, I mean, there's so, there's so many angles to it. Um, one of the ways I, I teach and sometimes I, I, I call workshops or retreats like that, like homecoming. Um, you know, for me, when I step into a yoga room or, you know, whether I read an astrological chart to somebody, there's always the intention of, of someone to feel like that they meet themselves again, they're coming home into themselves. And so, you know, we want to be really mindful of, of telling people what they're, what they should feel, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just remember from, from early days, yoga, first yoga teacher trainings. And, you know, when, when you teach the physical practice of yoga, there, there is a lot, there's a lot to, um, to hold as a teacher, mm-hmm. you know, because if you're guiding people into headstands or, you know, even if you have five people in a group, it doesn't have to be a huge group, you know, it's, there is some sort of responsibility in terms of the physical body, what's going on. And, and so there is, there's also this responsibility in terms of a teacher to, to lay that response, like not to lay back to the student, well, it's your own fault, but to set a scene that the student feels he or she can be themselves completely all of the time. Meaning if they feel tired, they come down. I, I remember it, it has eased off a little bit, but I remember like 10 years ago teaching yoga, people were coming up to teachers and apologizing for going to child's pose. Sorry, I just want to let you know, I might have to go or even beforehand, I'm, you know, I'm going to go into child's pose a few times because I had a difficult day. And and for me, it was always reflective. I was like, okay, what what am I, what what am I sending out as a teacher that my students feel they need to, you know, apologize for that? Now, there's an overall trend as well that we generally apologize in life for when we have to have a sick day at work or, you know, something like that. Um, but to me, that's healing too. It's like, no, but you go in and appreciating that you need child's pose right now and you do this guilt-free, there is healing in your choice. Mm-hmm. There's more healing in that than if I tell you you have to go into child's pose. And the same way in, in other ways when, when you know, you have that day where there's courage coming through and like you're stepping in and it just feels good. You're, you're at home in yourself completely. 
and you go further in a pose that you've ever done before, even though the teacher might not give you that, 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 that option. And when you do that with integrity and joy and that general flow and an awareness, that courage, that is also a sense of self-empowerment or healing. You know, you're stepping into that, you're breaking out of the restrictions of somebody telling you where you have to go, how you have to show up, what you have to bring to the table, and, you know, and all of those layers. So to me, healing means also allowing in in the in the space we share with with, with 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 other human beings for that to happen and that doesn't need to be then a yoga room because then we can take literally the meaning of healing wider you know we can have a healing conversation with someone where we just hold space for the other person and we watch how the other person gets to really speak and be seen and be heard even though we might in that conversation not share anything, but watching the other person unfold and come into their own by being not judged, that has a healing effect mm-hmm. on us. And so I think sometimes we compartmentalize healing as well. That is something, and it can, but it only happens, you know, in a healer's room or in a yoga class or in an astrology session. But really, when we think of healing as coming home into ourselves, as, as, as feeling our true essence, that's available to us every moment and it doesn't have to be a beautiful moment it can be in an argument too mm. you know but it's available to us every moment that we breathe that we exist well like the classrooms are the training ground mm-hmm. do you know like they're where we're learning the practices practicing the practices experiencing them having a reference point maybe getting to ask our questions about things in our life you know and go oh, what would that look like here you know we're getting examples and reflecting back to it but real life then is where we put it into practice like mm. I remember I was probably like eight nine years ago like after plant medicine they were like the deadlies have done now like now the real work begins you know when you step outside this door and go into your world and meet your family go back into your job go back into the way life was because when you're in this little insular space everything feels possible and full of potential And everybody else in the same room is feeling the same way, like, you know, so then when you leave that little cocoon, then it's like, okay, so what can I carry with me from that space then? Like, do you know, again, it's happening all the time, like in every little moment and interaction with life and ourselves, all the time it's happening. Like, so to me, it's like the the spaces where we're learning help us to become more aware of when we're Mm. noticing it in life and how to be with everything that life delivers to us like and brings to us and now we normalize healing you know that healing is an integral and necessary part of everyday life mm-hmm. it's not something that happens when you're broken it's not something that just just happened at the fringes of society because that's where we've pushed it and that's when we make it something that's more woohoo and something that you should be either afraid of or something that you should you know oh you get a badge or a certification or an honor of you know well done you you went there you know i think for me, so much about healing is about bringing it back into the everyday life, you know, whether it's I become in the moment while I'm in the queue for the till in the supermarket, just checking in how am I actually standing on my two mm. feet? Like, oh my God, I realized I'm just like half, not even in my body. I'm just kind of completely off. So, okay, just shift a little bit back. That That's a moment of healing. You know, if I'm, you know, driving in the car and just like catch myself giving out about the person in front of me, and then I'm just calling myself, out on that and I'm calling myself back and kind of going like okay maybe that person's just having a certain kind of day and like that person quite frankly doesn't need to drive so it makes me happy it's like that's healing that recognition so you know I think giving healing this this sort of fringe position is actually disempowering every single one of us and I don't know it's for, for me it's so much about bringing it Maybe that's often why I took the label of healing off in, in yoga. You know, for me, yoga was never about just a physical movement. I mean, physical movement is is great. Mm-hmm. And if you've been to my classes, you know, you're going to sweat and you, you know you have a body mm-hmm. when you're coming out of the class. But it, it, it's always been like an environment for you to, you know, feel yourself again you know and 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 to to believe in yourself again and not believe in yourself again because you've mastered the damn pose because the pose doesn't really matter but you you just connected to yourself in a way that you know you honored your needs I mean ideally a yoga practice physically yoga practice gives that as well like honoring your needs and then um how can I take this off the mat you know for me it's like 
there is this expression on them on the mat and off the mat you know life on the yoga mat and life off the mat and they, they inform each other you know if you can figure something out in your life if you feel stuck if you step on the mat it becomes a little bit more apparent you know oftentimes you know if you don't realize that you've maybe dug in your heels and become a little stubborn and narrow-minded in a particular part in your life you step onto the yoga mat and all of a sudden you see how you're hammering this handstand against the wall <laughs> you know for the 50th time you're like oh 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 oh, okay there's there's that sort of energy it doesn't matter what expression it takes that energy is running through me let's give that a little bit of attention you know uh, and and the same the other way around if you're in a in a sort of closed container safe container of a yoga practice you know, maybe in Shavasana, but maybe also in just downward facing dark can be, it doesn't have to be in meditation, doesn't have to be in a particular, you know, situation. Um, but usually it is when we're kind of, when the system comes down to rest a little bit, you know, in Shavasana at the end that we, like you said, one of the people that came to your trainings that just experienced peace or, or just experiencing themselves in a different way, a moment of pause. And then the question is like, how can you take that back into your life? And you know, we we do see oftentimes, and I've been there as well, you know, yoga practice done, roll up your mat, you know, it, it's sometimes energetically, it's just like, <laughs> we have the moment of pure bliss, and everyone is in Shavasana, and you know, and there's this like sacred moment, maybe you roll to the side, and you sit up into meditation, it's not a long meditation, but it's just this moment of like, a moment of awe you can sense it in a group somewhere shifted and it's like lights on and mud's rolled up and back into life and like there the invitation is just notice how we compartmentalize this is what we do in yoga class or this is what we do a sunday in in, in mm. church or this is what you do when you go to your healer and, and then you live the rest of your life the idea is how we can take what i've learned on the mat into my life off the mm. mat and there to me that's healing too that mm. is healing that's interesting just watching how I'm going to say we because like everybody does it, how we enter We've the space it. <laughs> and how we leave the space. You know, am I running back at the door, flying it in, and driving the car full steam ahead? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, am I rushing into the next thing? Do you know, like, I know we don't all have the pleasure of taking space afterwards. Like, but if you do have the privilege of doing that, do you allow yourself that? Like, especially if it's something you wouldn't give yourself in life normally. Like, but it's really interesting just watching how we do just go. I'm only allowed to experience this here. Do you know, like, I only feel that I meet people who are in the same wavelength as me here. Do you know, like, so that means I have to go do more things to feel more myself and to allow myself to express a part of myself that I feel is repressed in mm-hmm. other parts of my life. Like, do you know, like, so there is a sort of desire, you know, like, and I think also it's like how we often see healing as well. Like for some people, it's only seen as being sort of, you know, seeing things and really seeing things about being psychic like and I'm like that's to me not healing like that doesn't interest me at all like you know and I remember one woman sitting in a class and I was wondering I could tell she was not looking at me like and I was like just okay and I was like I just I just watch observe and then I think it was the end of the first day she goes oh I thought you would be able to see into me Mm. and I go well just by the way your whole body language was I didn't need to see into you, like, I just need to watch, like, I don't need to be psychic to see what's going on with people. You actually just need to be with them, like, and watch and listen. And they're already telling you everything. Do you know, like, and to me, people go like, you know, but I don't see the colours. And I'm like, I don't care about the colours. I'm more interested in how is your life? How is your relationship to yourself? Are you kinder to yourself? Can you be more gentle when life doesn't go your way? Can you be more gentle when you meet those parts of yourself that are looking for healing? And to me, those are the things that I'm really interested in. Like, I don't care about you seeing pink and seeing green and they're all a beautiful thing. Do you know, like, but to me, they're not the thing. Because to Mm -hmm. me, it's like your soul, your spirit, that expression of it is to me, like, that's what healing is, like, is allowing that authentic expression of myself to be revealed more than likely for me first, but then for the world, like. Mm. Yeah, I think that's, that is, you know, this idea of, um, it's just popular people asking, like, you know, what's my purpose in life and what's my dharma in life? And, you know, in my opinion, it's first and foremost that as in letting your life 
shine out a little bit more, making peace with, you know, all the gifts that you've been born with, because we've all been gifted with our, and usually the gifts are, I was like saying when we work with people, it's like, it's usually the weird things, you know, <laughs> like if I, I wish it could be like everyone else. It's like, yeah, that part, I'd look around there a little bit. There might be some healing work, some in terms of like, how do I relate mm -hmm. to that? You know, all the things like where I don't fit in. That's usually the part, that's the medicine that you bring to, to this world because we all come together, all, you know, um, to bring a different flavor, to bring a different viewpoint, to, to bring something different. And we don't even have to work really hard on being unique, mm. you know, because we're like just, we, we are. And so I think the healing then also happens when you're having this experience in a, in a, in a yoga practice and you're like, wow, okay. And over time, as you feel more comfortable letting that part of yourself be, you know, you don't cut it off at nine o'clock when you arrive at work. So maybe it ripples into 10 or 11 and then you go back into your normal work mode. And then over time, you know, it's like, oh, work. There wasn't a big pushback. And it's not because you went in and had to say something. It's just because you allowed that energy to be in you longer. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you might even find that colleagues responding well to you. You know, you, can, you, know, you might somebody says like you have a glow or you might be oh you're always grounded or, or whatever it is and it doesn't mean that everyone has to have a glow and has to be grounded grounded is helpful glow is also a thing but it doesn't that that's not you know what we're after here but the point is that the more you are the more of that you're experiencing let's say called on the mat or in your healing sessions and as you bring that into your life what actually starts to happen is by you doing that you're actually also holding space for others to step into that so old-fashioned language would be you're healing them but you're not actually you're not healing them but by you stepping more into who you are into your purpose other people sense that and start to respond to that and uh, in terms of dharma and our purpose to me that's the first layer of dharma because we go so quickly what's my purpose is like what's my job yeah. that that comes down the road but I think as a first layer is like, are you allowing yourself to be you and to what degree? And, and that for me is, is healing, you know, checking in with myself and realizing, oh, that part of myself, I actually, I'm still really scared to bring that into the everyday life. It's like, okay, I'm doing a little bit of work around that. Sometimes I can do that work by myself. And sometimes it's, it's helpful to, you know, be exposed to somebody else who can hold it at a space or who can simply point something out because sometimes objectively, if I think of a yoga teacher, sometimes it's easier when somebody looks at your whole body from the outside to see something in your movement pattern that you qu can't quite see because you're looking over your right shoulder trying to spot the back foot and it ch changes the whole frame. So sometimes an out external perspective can be good, but that external person isn't healing you. I think that's really important. Mm. Like, like at the end of the day, like I've had the privilege of working and I've had the privilege of being really lucky with the people I've trained with and learned from and sat with, like that any of them have always held that space. Like, mm. do you know, like I'm one thing, once or twice I've been in a space where I'm just like yeah this does not feel appropriate or safe and I voiced that and I was basically told well you like you just sit with that like and I'm like no actually that's actually harm you're doing there but I didn't voice that but I was like I'm just going to casually thankfully it was on zoom so I just left <laughs> do you know mm. like and it was a group thing like but I was just like that's not healing like because mm. you're throwing things at people you, like, you, you may see it, but to throw something at somebody and leave that sit in their energy field and then just move on to another group of like in a 300 group of people like you're not facilitating healing there at all. Like, do you know, asking, oh, well, I see this in you and therefore that's what you need to heal. And now we're going to move on to the next person and point mm -hmm. out their Achilles heel. Like, and I'm like, that's not healing. Like, mm -hmm. do you know, like that's doing harm. And that lives really long being in. Because teaching yoga, you oftentimes, you're in a position where people, you know, they 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 have experiences like you just described mm. and they come to a yoga room and they they trust in you as a teacher and you're like, yeah, you know, I've, I've heard, you know, my, you know, my solar plexus chakra is like really blocked. I'm like, now there's also, I wasn't in a room and I haven't heard the teachers say that. Yeah. So sometimes what they say and what we perceive is differently. Yeah. But expressions like that, I have a blockage here or my third eye has never been quite open and it doesn't really work. Like I always wonder from a teaching point of view or space holding point of view, like when is that 
when are statements like that ever helpful? If if I go like full stop, that's that's that. And I think that looping back to what you said, it's like that is so far away from actually addressing what the person is experiencing. Yeah, and I think bringing back to, back to that experience is like I'll give you an example when when I work with yoga teachers or train yoga teachers in their first training. Obviously, there's always like this, this thing at some point you have to be in front of people and with people and hold that space. Or, you know, even if you set it up as a circle, you're the one that the voice that carries. So there's always a bit of nerves and, you know, they can be quite, you know, debilitating as well at times. And um, and one of the things, the way we work with people is to the moment you notice your nerves, it's become about you. And the moment you look at who's in front of you, you don't even need to remember your sequence, but you can see at that point, we would have worked with people for it to, to spot it. Mm-hmm. We can see where students are embodying themselves consciously and which parts of the body they're, they're not embodying themselves. So then as a teacher, when you see that you have a, just a range of tools, you can either verbalize, guide mm-hmm. them, hey, just feel your right heel there a little bit or spread your toes a little bit, you know, or you can give a physical adjustment by gently putting the hand onto that body part that like to bring that 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 back that there there's a range of ways of addressing that um but the thing is when we get so stuck in what should i say we've actually taken it away from what needs to happen and i think i also understand that takes great courage and also a sense of i think with time that gets easier to do that And I think we see that as well in the in the healing modalities. A lot of the times there's very much this is right, this is wrong, this is yes, this is no. And I think there is just maybe also a level of not even have not having looked just yet at that other step of bringing, you know, instead of, well, I've been trained to Reiki, for example, place my hands in this particular way and that body shape for three minutes and then for five minutes over here. And, and you know, at, at some point shifting over and like, what do I feel? What what do I sense with the person that's right there in front of me, right? So bringing back to to that experience, and I mean, what we're essentially talking about is is, is a decentralization. You know, it's taken the power like the power back to the individual, and we see we go through that collectively at mm-hmm. the moment. I think that's also one of the reasons maybe we talk about this at this point mm-hmm. in time. You know, we hear the words of you be your autonomy being authentically you and and where is that intersection between that and and sort of when we talk about the healing realm right but to me it it's that it's it's if you're a facilitator to become conscious of where have you and even in the best intentions taken that power and maybe as a result felt better we often hear it as like oh when a teacher just feels so much better when i teach again because it makes me feel so good i'm like yeah your students shouldn't really make you feel good that's that's like that's a copy you kind of need to feel somewhere else and it's not come from a bad place mm. but noticing that and then also as a practitioner noticing when we have sort of because we've been trained to do this in our society and every day to give her from school systems way on right to give our mm. power away so i think there is healing in through that lens happening on the personal level, back into our authenticity, integrity, but also collectively to arrange social structures that they work for everybody rather than the centralized few, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like, cause it, like, I'm just going to pick up on a few different parts there, like if I can remember them. But like, for me, it's like, it has to be a shift around the language, like, I'm like, we have to go beyond bloody block. Like, it just drives me crazy. Like, because mm-hmm. I'm like, I've had too many people sit opposite me crying and in like just totally distraught and then mm-hmm. judging themselves and wondering how come they're so bad about, how come they're so bad in life and how come they could mm-hmm. make this happen to themselves that they have blocked energy. And I'm just like, we all have it. And that person who told you it also has it. Mm-hmm. I go, it's not blocked. It's looking to move. It's looking to express itself. It's looking for attention. It worked for you somewhere along the way, that pattern, that behavior, that way of keeping yourself safe, that way of ignoring and looking for all people to validate you or whatever it is, it all worked at some stage. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, we're not going to remove that energy or pull it out or cut it out or anything else. We're looking to integrate it like 
because on the other side of that, there will be a gift or a an, an understanding or a knowingness or whatever it might be. So it's like, to me, it's, you know, people are like, but where does that energy go? And I'm like, Christ, as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't go anywhere. Like, I'm not throwing it out into the ethers. Like, do you know, like, except for one context, but I'm not even going to go there. But for Reiki, I'm not putting it anywhere. Like, I'm like, because it's, it's unraveling. It's like a knot. I go to people, I see it as a knot. Mm-hmm. It's unraveling. Where's that knot mm-hmm. gone? And they're, and they're all looking at me. And I'm like, yeah, it's just not there. But imagine that knot and energy moving through it. It will still move through it. Mm. Do you know? Like, but it might just go cluck, 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 cluck in very simplified terms. Like, do you know, like, or I'll feel it expressed in my life or in my body as a tightness, soreness or going, this same person keeps bugging the, the life out of me. Mm. And then when that begins to unravel, it allows that freedom of movement of the energy like Mm -hmm. but I do think some of the language and I'm just like I'd love I'd love just to tear it apart like sort of thing like Mm -hmm. so I'm always like going to people like instead of going it's blocked like ask yourself okay what am I actually feeling well the problem with blocked is when the way it's oftentimes delivered is it's blocked so we need another three treatments with this so this is disempowering it's a bad thing right and it happens to you yeah but when you ask, what are you feeling? You put the responsibility and the possibility to resolve that not into the hands of the person that's actually, it's their life, it's their energy. What does that feel like? Mm-hmm. If that had a ship, what ship would it be? Can you allow yourself no, to feel it? Can you be with it? There's so many other million questions to, mm-hmm. to go into that space to actually allow the person to have information from themselves around it. Versus me telling them more about it. Do you know, like, because then they leave going, okay, actually that pain is, I know there's emotions there. Do you know, like, I know that's, oh yeah, I've always actually felt that there. So, okay, maybe I can just place my hand on there when I feel it at the minute. Mm -hmm. Rather than going, it should not be there or I need to Mm -hmm. get it out. Can I do that? And then it'll always move at some stage. Like, but sometimes we need so many other sort of supports within us to make us feel safe so many times to allow it to release. And I think that's exactly when, when I'm just thinking of teaching yoga, when we do like adjusting or assisting someone in physically in a pose, you know, if that's wanted and it's accepted, um, where you help the person, you literally like that, you're giving them a different option to experience themselves. It's not, this is right and that's wrong. How does that feel? And they go like, oh my God, I can really breathe. Okay. Mm. So how is that feeling rippling through your body? Okay. Play around with that a little bit, you know, rather than going, this is right. And this is, Mm. this is wrong. The position of the foot in this and that way, you know, Um, and to reconsider that because when we, and so much happens subconsciously, you can go in and adjust somebody and that person will walk away. And no doubt I've done this so many times over the years <laughs> annoyingly. Like we we all have definitely in our early days. Um, the person walks away and goes like, oh yeah, I've done this wrong. And you know, I've been corrected. Yeah. You know, that's that's looking at the physical adjustment in a very narrow way, just a way like you have a block and let me fix it. Mm. Just looking at it in a very black and white old school, but not in a good kind of old school way I think and we're all growing as human beings Mm. in our capacity to understand perceive and I think it's really time Mm. to change the language around that and and just to question ourselves as well and like what's my intention here and is this the best way and then we might even realize okay this has been serving me well up till this far but now it's time to Mm. change that it's like Mm. no you mentioned the hand positions and all like and like I'll have people come mentoring or even in classes and all and they're like you know but like you know like if I forget this all the same like and I'm like what will happen and they're like like something will happen I'm like nothing will happen you know if you, you miss a hand position nothing's going to happen like do you know like if you have your hands in a wrong position nothing's going to happen because I'm like there is no right or wrong I could give you six million hand positions if I chose to I keep it very simple and I go, you can do it this way, this way, this way, this way. Because basically I'm five foot ten. My treatment's going to look very different than somebody who's maybe four foot. Do you know, like, because for me to get a plinth up to my hip where it's really comfortable, I'm going to have to throw my most of my clients onto it. Like, or they're going to have to go up a little ladder 
do you know, and I have a longer arm stretch mm-hmm. so I can actually nearly touch somebody's head and their feet possibly. If you're sh- like shorter arms and all there, like you're not going to be able to like. So there's this sort of, there's the foundation, but there's a flexibility. Mm-hmm. The same with my self-practice. There has to be the flexibility like and the realization that if I only ever do 10 hand positions in the same way in each person, I've literally created a factory. Because I'm like I'm doing what a factory does, which is step one, step two, step three, step four, rather than learning to listen to the person, their mm. body and just watch mm. and and also in a sense, listen to myself, Do you know, as and not the chitter chatter, but as in that I just feel like I just feel like you no know, to go to their feet. Mm. Do you know, like, or as I describe it, I go, it's kind of like a part of their body just gets up and gives you a little wave going, come down here, please. Do you know, like, but when we're maybe when we're first learning, we don't realize we can do that. Do you know, like, and then we maybe we think, and if we do that, have we done something wrong? Mm -hmm. I'm like, but that's again where we think I am doing something Mm -hmm. rather than it's the person. We all say it, the person's body knows how to heal. But how often do we remember it like? Mm. A hundred percent, I can agree to that in terms of experience from, you know, even teaching to a room full of people, the collective also knows what it needs to heal. You know, um, I the like good few years, last few years, you know, in-person teaching, rarely, no, I actually never... I never had a script in a status, you know, I never had a scripted plan for, for our classes. Um, now this sits and it's not random. This sits on 15 years of teaching. Mm. And I would say eight, nine of them having scripted every single class. And I still have them mm-hmm. <laughs> here. So there is a sense of it's, it's not just throwing random, you know, I suppose mm-hmm. it's like when we, when we talk before, we talked about art in a long time, you know, if you, if you study, you know, music, for example, you, you, you know, you know, your fingers can go there, the chords are there, you understand what works well, then you can consciously also break those rules. And then eventually you don't need to, to th- think about how to create a song, right? It sort of like comes through you and so there's a little bit of I think that mechanism as as well you know in in, mm. in play but it's been it's been the most beautiful moments because really stepping into that room empty and sensing what the room needed and wanted and then verbally speaking to that creating the sequences to that what it required me to be it's super present in the moment mm. and so what you refer to actually is a it, it's a healing experience for the person as well so i wasn't doing anything to anyone in that in that room in in, in a way we talk about this in yoga when we train people like the students teach a teacher and the teacher teaches the students so it's it's a it's a back and yeah. forward sharing on, on 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 different level and it's been the most humbling experience that was instead of just i'm not saying just there it is justified <laughs> To all those people who went to my teacher training, yes, it's justified for the first few years to really plan your lesson, do a lesson plan. Don't just show up. Don't do it to your nervous system and to your students just showing up and don't have an idea where you're going. But in time to trust more and more intuition, that's where we move from the mechanics to, to the intuition or where your dharma or your spirit or your essence gets to play in life. And I think the beauty that I always felt with Reiki was because we didn't have to consider that the knee is a hinge joint and it only likes to move in this way and you know and and your shoulder girdle is just biomechanically prefers moving in this way rather than the other way because there is no physical movement as such you can drop straight into that intuition Mm -hmm. and yes there's also a mechanism maybe to which is called practice to drop more and trust more that intuition but that's one of the aspects of self-practice and also working with people with you know in a Reiki share and an experience that it offers you to go straight intuitively because into it rather than following your mind, right? Rather because your mind goes like that person came to me and they said they have a headache. So surely I have to do something around the head. But that might not be yeah. the case. Yeah. Yeah. And all of that come like that's where the firm and flexible mm. is that they're asking the firm asking 
if I've learned something last week, chances are I'm going to need all of the structure. Even if I learned it two years ago, I may need still all of that structure, depending just on my own internal mechanisms, because I could still be working very strongly just with allowing my mental body and my mental brain and all that chatter chatter to stop. Just not even to stop, but just you no, know, not to rule me and to go, oh, you can't do this and you can't do that. You know, it depends where we're all at or I should be feeling something and why am I not feeling something? You know, and I've seen that through energy work. There's this trajectory that not most people are able to step straight into the intuitive, you know, as yeah. in just trusting because it's trust. 100%. You know, like how trust often yourself do we trust ourselves? Things. Never mind trust energy that most well, of us maybe have never met before. A hundred percent. And just to link in there briefly, the when you say structure and flexibility, the structure then becomes this very this, this the very portal that allows you to step out of your thinking mind. And it's the same as a, if you've been qualified a hot minute as a yoga teacher, the fact that you have your lesson plan, and you know, plan out a week ahead and practice several times, it allows you when you step into the room, then to really see your students, you breathe with your students, you're there with them. Whereas if you're making up postures as you go along, you're in your head going, what's the best pose next? How do I go next? What did mm-hmm. I do in the previous side? Oh, I'm going to, you know, so mechanism really absolutely important and can become actually an access point to get into that place of feeling, right? Yeah. But then at some point, don't get stuck with that. Yeah. But it becomes limiting. There are the training wheels. Yes. Do you know, like, there are the training wheels which we learn to let go of and then because we trust ourselves more with us, with it, through practice. Mm. That way, like, and also even if I was teaching 10 years and I'm in that flow, there may be a stage where if life is really knocking me and sending me off my balance or something is big shifting on me, I may need to go back to that firm. A hundred percent. So we don't fall into, you know, it's this or, or if I'm not inflexible all the time, then oh, obviously I haven't grown or developed, you know, like where we play these games with ourselves, you know. And it's, to me, it's like we learn which one do I need mm-hmm. at this moment. Just like when we sit down to practice Reiki, we go, is it hands-on healing I need? Is it to go into Josh and Kyokyoho? Is it, you know, actually to go and receive a healing from somebody else? Mm. Is it just to chant the mantras? Like, do you know, like, so we learn and really listen to ourselves. What one do I actually need? So it's the same to me when we're holding space teaching. Which one do I actually need? Like, and maybe even listening, going, which one is the actual person calling through as well, in a sense? Do you know, because I work very much listen to the body and sometimes the body's just going A, B, C, D, E, F, G, please. And I just go with that and I don't go, oh, well, I would like to. I'm like, I'm listening and I'm just going to follow that guidance. Like. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like, you know, if I, as I say to everybody in my classes, sorry, I will stop when I'm at. <laughs> I just like, I go, please just ask questions. You know, that's the only way to learn. But again, we haven't been trained to do that. Yeah. You know, it's like an if you ask question, only ask convenient question. Like I remember asking a couple of questions in in, in trainings over the years. And um, that, that was one of those moments, like when you said in Zoom, I just clicked out, but I just happened to be physically there. So, yeah. <laughs> but there was something like, I remember it was like, <laughs> like a part of my soul <laughs> cracked on the inside there was like this moment like no you know um and it, maybe it's just a thing I always had with lineages you know but there was a lot of the times a point when 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 I start to ask a question usually further down the line um and there comes an answer something like this is just the way it is mm-hmm. and personally I struggled with that and that's one of the reasons I'd never actually put a lineage name over what I teach I usually list there like sort of teachers that have informed me and I've done trainings with all of those people um because I I personally struggle with that like I only put a name of something on if I can stand 100% behind everything and simply because another human being another lineage is like a lot of people that, that that's never gonna you know that's natural you know it's nobody's fault but it's like when, for me personally, the takeaway there is there the, the mechanism, 
maybe the lineage hasn't actually known it has outgrown the mechanism and it could actually install a bigger or wider or more subtler mechanism in, in that way. But when you're asking why is this being done in, in this way or, you know, just like a, the why behind and somebody shrugs you off, it's, it's just that sense of we're stuck in, 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 in mechanism. And to me, when we talk about, you know, healing, what is healing, what's not healing, any time I give myself the answer or I hear the answer, that's just the way it is. I've learned to investigate that a little bit further because, you know, definitely when we say it doesn't mean that that's wrong, mm. but it's definitely that there is a, a sense of awareness or lack of what's going on is missing. So it could be perfect and you keep doing that, but with awareness, it, it just yeah. becomes more potent, you know. Yeah. This is the way it's done is when the mechanism sort of kills the the, the flow and um, and also in that way, the healing process. And it's the same for my own, you know, um, let's say all the different modalities I pull in, you know, it could be journaling in the morning. And I may have been journaling like, you know, my on and off my entire life but when it's off it's really off it's like my body goes like don't journal and I've tried to do that then it's like no that's regularity and you have to show up every morning you know and like literally pen to paper and what comes out is actually hurting rather than healing the process mm -hmm. and so to even trust that you know within and there's nothing wrong with journaling and you know I usually go back a couple of months later sometimes a couple of years later um but it, i think it's the same with i just like to look at everything in life like that even friendships you know sometimes to be in a friendship that can be super super healing and it just came to a certain point where that's not quite the case and you've had the conversations you need to have and you know and and, and no one is wrong in this situation mm. and it's just a kind of case of your two energies don't need to at the moment inform each other and so you can part ways a little bit and then you can come back again, you know, uh, the same the way we eat food. And so for me, healing is in all of those. It's like I don't just eat the same food just because or I'm in the same relationship just because or go to work just because, because to me, that stifles life force. Mm -hmm. And that is when we talk about, you know, what is healing and how can we make it relatable and everything in my world is like, now is simply shifting and listening and it's like, okay, no coffee this morning. It's, it's, it's a cup of tea because I want to, not because somebody told me to. And that's healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, even know what you're saying there about, do you know, like that's the way it is. I'd nearly rather, as I say, people like ask me anything. And if I don't know, I will quite gladly tell you, I don't know. Mm -hmm. That way, like, or if somebody knows more about that, I will point you in their direction. Like, so when I get asked questions about angels, not my area of expertise. When I get asked about crystals, not my area of expertise. And I know they're blended with Reiki a lot and taught a lot with it, but I'm like, you want to know about Reiki? There's always more to learn about it for me as well. That way, like, you can come to me, like, mm. do you know, that way I go, but ask questions because I see so many people come to different classes from different places, which is perfect. And I go, you know, and I have to do this 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 before I can. I'm like, and, and why? And they just look at me going, because that's what I was told. And I'm like, mm. brilliant, perfect. So what would actually work for you? And they're like, but like, what would happen? I go, nothing, because I know where all they've come from and I understand why they're being done. But I go, you, if you look at Ricky this way, you don't need all of that. And they're like, oh, okay. Mm. And I'm like, but you can still use all that if you really love it. Do you know, like, so you get again to have the self-authority to decide. Like, and for me, I asked, too many questions probably in my own head going but why but but why but why and then I'll go off investigate different mm. ways like or try and get a clear understanding for myself like because I had so many questions when I first learned Reiki like I had so many things that I felt were conflicting and I thought I was the only one who thought that way so therefore I thought I was defunct with learning it and I was the only one who thought I couldn't feel energy you know like so many things so when I teach I'm going and I can joke and laugh about all of this and take the piss out of all this because I've loved it all. Like, yeah. do you know, like I go, but then when I found sort of more of the traditional stuff, that's when it started clicking in place for me and for what I needed and how I view the world and my perception of it. And it continues to grow and evolve. And to me, when you talk about these things, the way is like, the way I see it in my head is like, you know, when you like a bicycle wheel, 
and there is sort of the the river rim on the outside, mm. and then you have the spokes, and then you have the 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 center wheel. Uh, and I remember we had conversations about that before, especially when we talked about the source, the workshop, mm. the retreat that we did. To me, the spokes, each spoke so represents a different healing modality. So maybe angels, crystals, yeah. the physical yoga, the meditative yoga, sound healing, tarot, shamanic work. Mm. They're all different in my eyes, different spokes towards the wheel, the center wheel. And so I can I can be sort of a purist if I want to and slide on one spoke all mm. the way to the end, to the center and get get that that core of it. But I can also actually go through the center out the other side and come from a different perspective into a different modality. Yeah. Um, I've lived very long like that. I've gone the yoga route very, very deep all the way. So towards the end, it was all just energetic. And I think that's when we go to the core of it. It is all energetic um, of it. And then I have come out other sides, you know, recently with astrology and human design and, and Reiki a good while ago, a long while ago, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time that worked for me it worked for me to go along one thing all the way till the end and in fairness yoga is such a vast it has the physical realm the mental realm the emotional the spiritual realm you know you you have like all those different you know you can be as pragmatic of how you place your feet to reading the yoga sutras and sitting with a sutra for like weeks and weeks you know and everything in between so it was a vast arena for me to kind of spend a lot of time and go deep but then again for other people they come from the outside and, and start you know a little bit of yoga a little bit of you know crystal work a little bit of here and here and we so quickly dismiss that as well and I have judged that previously a hundred percent but again it comes just on the intention because we can come from all these different sides and then also meet in the middle of that wheel the essence of it the mm. source of it all ourselves so there are many ways about healing and i can stay a purist and i can blend them all um to to, to find what connects with me because also at different times we need different things mm. and sometimes we find a different thing through more depth in the lineage that we're in and sometimes we literally need something else even if it's just to contrast our previous understanding yeah. and then we go back yeah and that's the beauty of but they're all connected but to me it's like for me it's like and, and like i can say this because i've as i said before i've done all this like that sort of thing like hop from one to the next when i first started in this path because there was so much lack of self-belief in myself like mm -hmm. do you know like so i went and i go I went to every open enough an envelope, you know, like, you know, and I say this in class, I go, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Because it took me all of that there to come back and go, do you know what? All those things are fabulous, but none of them sort of light me up the way Reiki. And then when I found the shamism, like about eight years ago, none of them light me up that way. Like, mm -hmm. do you know, so I consciously chose this is where I want to direct my energy. Do you know, like, and that can change. Like, I'm not attached to any of it. It can change. Like, do you know, like, so sometimes we've got to go through all of those to find the thing too. Like, you know, it's like people come to me going, oh, well, I'm trying XXX. Do you know, like, and I'm like, brilliant, deadly. Like, do you know, I don't want to be the only resource you have. Like, do you know, like, are they going, oh, like, I'm going to talk therapy. Is that okay? And I'm like, deadly, because you are churning the stuff. You're coming here and we're going into the background, do you know, like and dusting the cupboards in a sense, like, do you know, like, so to me, they all work together mm. that way. Like, and it's just sometimes nice to reflect us and why am I doing them all? And for me, it would have been out of mm. lack of self-confidence, like, do you know, like, and that's okay too. So we don't use that to judge ourselves. It could be because I love them all. And mm. I see how they all weave together and I want to mix them all up together. And people go to me, do you mix? I'm like, no, because that just doesn't work for me. <laughs> Not because it doesn't work. I just don't like it. I just don't I... like it. Do you know, like I love just going as deep as possible into a Reiki session and as deep as possible into a shamanic session. And I do, people go to me, but you ask such good questions. I'm like, I'm a trained coach. That was one of the first things I learned. Mm -hmm. And also I'm just nosy and I just I think it's just something I can do as well like you I don't do ask the questions I just they just come out you know and I'm inquisitive <laughs> do you know like and there's so many other things that I've learned that allow me to deepen those experiences 
But mm. I made that conscious choice. Like I went, I'm drawing the line. That's not to say mm. I, I still do trainings like and I still do trainings on different things. But most of the ones I do go deep, allow me to go deeper into my own practices and what mm. I share with other people, because that's what lights me up. Do you know, like, so I think we're really learning to find our own way with it, that some people love a melody and yes. be able to, you know, pull from any thread they want. And then other people just love go, you no know, playing loads of tune on the one instrument, like, and each are perfect. It's interesting because the same reason you said drew you to several different modalities is the same reason why I stuck with one. Mm. I was like, literally, if... Because I had I felt like I had nothing to share. And I'm like, if I just train in this one thing and really get to the bottom of it and see every angle of it, I might have a chance. <laughs> yeah. And it was literally then for me going down that one. And also, to be honest, if you think of that analogy of a wheel again, the spokes on the outer wheel are much further apart than the spokes on the inner wheel. And at the time... I, I didn't have the capacity to hold so much different in inverted yeah. commerce things in in it. It was like it was confusing to how my mind processes. My mind likes to go into something and I really understand it. Um, but when you go to the inside, the difference of the spokes is like the distance is is is, is less and eventually it becomes like this, it's all the same. And to me, having gone literally slid down that yoga spoke all the way to the core of the wheel. And, you know, then diving into astrology, I'm like, oh, I'm doing exactly the same here as I'm doing in a yoga class <laughs> and looking at tarot and, you know, Reiki. And, and it's like, okay, this is all to me the same. The way it showcases, it's different because you usually, you usually sit or you line up mm. in a Reiki session. You usually show up with your yoga gear in a yoga room, but like what happens behind the scenes? And that's what I'm personally interested in. I'm like, it's all the same the shift of energy, you know, um, is, 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 you can see it whether within a Reiki shear, when you look at someone's face afterwards, you know, it's just like the body, everything changes in a yoga class. You can hear, for, you know, if you, if you, for those of you, um, for those of you who, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> the, um, at the beginning of a class sounds uh, mm -hmm. individual one-on-one -on -one if, you know, or in a group setting is so different to the one at the end there has something like how can a group of people harmonize naturally like I was always fascinated by that I was like okay I'm gonna keep teaching yoga because I, I just felt it was the the best thing for for world peace because I figured if a group of 30 people can harmonize um that couldn't harmonize mm -hmm. 45 minutes beforehand I was like there's something in that I just keep doing this and then hopefully they'll take that off the mat and that magic happens somewhere else that that's my tiny little piece to contribute towards world peace you know um but you can see the shift in all of that. You can see the shift when you have a human design reading, when people feel seen, you know. Um, but then when you start refining your, your your eyes, you can actually, you can see it everywhere. You go into a coffee shop and you see two friends um, meeting. And the, the, I just remember that, like, briefly, sorry. Um, they went to a coffee shop and like obviously because of the pandemic they were friends and they were separate for a long time people couldn't travel and so one person obviously clearly was living here and the other person came to you know finally come back back home as well and you could just see it just witness like you could see that the tears running down before they even have hugged <laughs> and it was like it, you know I think like we're all a little bit more emotionally raw at this point in time but I was sitting like on the other side of the coffee shop and like <laughs> my tears were running down but you could see physically their body it wasn't just a happiness like the whole body position has changed the way they sat down there they lit up the whole coffee shop like there was so much more happening you know so then you can start you see it in the small little things and you're going to start feeling it just how you feel yourself before you drink a glass of water and after drink a glass of water so the healing can can you know that can happen anywhere and I think just coming back to that um in a class experience and thinking about world peace it's like really and our our dharma is really to me that what happened in that class or in these classes is like people just like came back home into themselves and I have not done that they have moved they have breathed that happened within their body and it was not at no point because I'm not like 
musically inclined to harmonize anyone you know I have my own issues around there so there was no cue given from my side and they came into natural harmony to me that's like okay I just saw it so clearly in that moment it's like that's our job here all of us I'm not talking about the healers every single human being it's like first come into harmony with ourselves and we naturally harmonize with with the world around us you know some will be the same tone some will be a different octave and octave and sometimes will be a, a constructive and a beautiful disharmony mm-hmm. which works then as well beautifully you know um but i just think that's what healing really is and that's why it's so important that we normalize healing uh, the way we see it the way we relate to it and the way we take our own responsibility in our own healing beautiful on that little note I think we'll wrap up today's episode, people. So we hope you enjoyed (laughs) and take some reflection time if you wish wish over the coming days and weeks and all just to see what healing means to you, how it really benefits you, maybe your definition of it even explore and begin to notice it in all the smaller places of your life as well Um, and enjoy the coming week ahead. And we look forward to connecting in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And actually, just before we go, we were chatting about homecoming there. And I know, Bibi, <laughs> you have your little homecoming coming up. Tell us some details. Um, so it's a summer series for classes, July, let me see, get 30 until August the 2nd. So over the, if you're in Ireland, the bank holiday weekend, Friday till a Monday. Um, so anyone that is looking for a sense of homecoming into themselves, you might know, understand a little bit more why that title mm-hmm. and those classes are there for you. Gorgeous, gorgeous. And of course, you can find all the details on her little website. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you would appreciate me doing that. <laughs> so if you wish also, I'm going to invite you to go on those little platforms and put on five little stars if you enjoy us. All right. Um, as always, we appreciate you emailing and the little texts and all. Um, It's always really beautiful to hear how this is supporting you and benefiting you at this time. So thank you very much and bye. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Air School podcast hosted by Rosalind McNally and Bibi Dalman. If you'd like to find out more about the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram. Or if you'd like to learn more about our individual work, you can check us out on our websites, bbdalman.com and thethirstysoul.com.